Now you made that, right? Yeah, I made this. Wow. I made this. So how you know? So I noticed you have a kind of a very traditional design in your pottery, but they look absolutely nothing like I've ever seen before. Oh yeah, um, is that is that a more modern way of like color use use of color in and uh, and this like sort of visual aesthetic in in teapots or is there a whole tradition in Taiwan of it looking like this? No, I well, for example, this one. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you're like referring to this one, this um, glaze is basically like experimental, and it was my friend made it. Oh, okay. He made he we did a wood firing together, and one of my friends brought this glaze, which is um, it's uh. What is it? It's like mango wood hmm. and what's it called? Wax apple wood ash. Wax. He made a glaze because ash actually makes interesting glazes because um, it has a lot of minerals in it. Mm -hmm. So he made this glaze and it had this really crazy effect of like how it, the glaze kind of like retreated and made these open areas, wow. which was super unusual. It doesn't. It's totally gorgeous. It's really nice. Yeah, and wood firing is like a special thing too, like like these are wood fired, I think all these pieces are actually wood fired, and um, it just, it has this really earthy tone to it, you know, it's not that mm -hmm. shiny. This one is uh, wood fired and also has a glaze on it, Yeah. this is like a chino glaze. And that looks, yeah, that, look, is that, that looks like something I, kind of earthenware looking like, it looks more familiar territory to me than that. A lot of people like this. Yeah, people love this pot. It's actually being... It's actually sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm borrowing it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> They're breaking it in. <laughs> it's got nice color. Look at that. Mm. Yeah. Do you like you have like a... Do you feel like you have like a good relationship with your with your customers? Oh, so totally, very good. I think that's one of the things that like um, I kind of focus on actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's been cool. My customers have been really cool so far, and I've had a few like nightmare customers. Oh. But I, what I did is I just mm, you're very patient. I just use it as a way to practice my patience and like yeah. I. It's like like a video game or a movie. It's like I don't take it personally. It's just like, because some people just have <clears throat> difficult habits, like the yeah. way they go about things, and so I just do my best to like help them out and just try to make them happy. So that's what I've done. So how did so you're you know so how did you discover Taiwan as like a place to live and a place to drink tea? Like like when did Taiwan come on your radar? Well, it was because um, I was studying Chinese medicine in the okay. states. And I'd gone to China a couple times to do some clinical internships. And I had a, f a friend at that school who lived in Taiwan for many years. And he was also like a foreigner. And he was always said, Taiwan is so cool. You should go to Taiwan. You should go to Taiwan. And I was going to go to China after I graduated school. And uh, he convinced another friend of mine, a classmate, to go to Taiwan. Mm -hmm. So I was like... And that classmate was like, yeah, man, come to Taiwan, come to Taiwan. And I was like, sure, I'll check it out, you know, see what it's like. And I went there and just loved it. And uh, funny enough, with the tea, I was used to Chinese tea, like Chinese green tea. So when I went to Taiwan and was like trying to learn, learn about the tea, I was just like, the tea I would try, I was just like, mm, it's not what I'm used to. It's not like Chinese tea. 
but then over time I just got used to mm. tea and I liked tea and I drank tea all the time and yeah. learned about all the different kinds of tea and started exploring more about it and I worked at a tea house for a little while. So are you still involved in Chinese medicine? Not that much, not directly. Okay. Like I still sometimes will like teach because we have this um, group that we've established, not we've established, but my teacher kind of got us doing because um, we study with a, a master like he's a tea master and a Chinese medicine master and a martial arts master wow. and he's like a Taoist master and a Buddhist master he's like Jeez. all these things <laughs> and we won an accomplished life oh wow. yeah. seriously like oh, he's a very like amazing unusual person <laughs> that like pushed himself to learn all these things like very very well and he doesn't do any of them like kind of like a little bit or half ass or kind of knows a little bit. He like is like an expert in all of these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's all he does. And he just teaches now. Wow. But uh, what was my point? Oh, <laughs> so we, through him, he's taught us like Qigong and meditation. And uh, we, we have started, formed from that like a f- classes for foreigners in Taipei. Oh. To in meditation and qigong and Chinese medicine. What else do we do? Tea. We have like tea and um, like book reading classes on cultures related topics related to Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. So sometimes through there, I'll teach like a Chinese medicine workshop or something. Okay. Yeah. So you still get to use some of that yeah. knowledge every once in a while. And then I get to help people too because people always ask me stuff and. Mm-hmm. She's not feeling good, and I'll do mm-hmm. something for her, or <laughs> help her, <laughs> yeah, or send some herbs to my or mom handy. or something. Yeah. But you were you were thinking about um, kind of like creating your own blend of Chinese medicine tea. Yeah, I was thinking about making thing. some That's recently like pineline. some herbal um, blends that use Chinese herbs mm. that taste good. Too. Okay. Because I know herbal blends are kind of a bit popular. Yeah, we have like a whole section in our store that's sort of dedicated to that. And for the most part, I haven't really explored it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but there are people that come in and just kind of, that's what they want. Yeah. So it's definitely a, its own market mm-hmm. that's right. been growing. And... Mm-hmm. This is becoming more robust. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't know what it is. Like, it might be the water. Because I still haven't tried all my teas with different waters, like mm-hmm. in California, but they're totally different than in Taiwan. Yeah. No, I thought it was okay. good. But you have a very sensitive palate. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny to go in all with him, because I'm the native, I'm Taiwanese. Mm-hmm. So when we go to tea shop or go to tea farmers, people will be like, oh, you know, you're a Westerner, you don't know anything about tea. And I will be like, mm hmm. Oh, <laughs> he no. could tell you what, what is good tea was not. <laughs> so they would try to like tell me you know, or, like, kind of to translate for them, to explain to him what this is, like, really basic stuff. I'll be like, no, it's okay. He actually understands Chinese, speak Chinese, and understand tea fair enough. Because they kind of assume, like, I'm a foreigner, I don't speak Chinese, so they'll start out often, like, talking to her, (laughs) and they, like, ask her about me. <laughs> Even though I'm right there. Have you ever just played down and been like. Yeah, always. <laughs> I always just awesome. see how long it will awesome. go just because it's so funny. And then they're so shocked when, like, I can speak Chinese. Yeah, and, and then like blurt out I start some, saying like, stuff really about the tea, like, like I know the variety that the, the tea was made <laughs> the with. Breed. And they're just like, what? How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty oh, funny. funny. <laughs> so, um, so, like, what's the. 
What's the layout of sort of tea in sort of especially high mountain tea in ta- in Taiwan? Is it are there just lots of really little farmers that go through distributors, or is it is it is, are there big companies out there like in China? Oh, uh, I don't think there's so many big companies in Taiwan, as far as I know. There's a f- like uh, for example, I think there. I mean, I think they're just mostly small, mm-hmm. small. There's one to medium one. farms. You know that tea station we went to yesterday? Tianren is the biggest one. Yeah, you heard of Tianren? Oh, Tianren, yeah. yeah. They're the biggest. That's the okay. biggest one, that's from Taiwan. Yeah, I gotta say, I've had only one tea from them, I didn't like it very much. No, I, very I'm not I, I didn't like it. No, <laughs> they have a shop in, they have multiple shops in America. I went to one in um, San Francisco, yeah. in Chinatown. Um, and, you know, it was, they've got name tags. And yeah. That's how you can recognize a big company, too. Like, yeah. I went to the tea expo last year in Taipei. One, they have a lot of tea expos, but this, this one, you can tell the guys from the big company because they have, like, they have big signs, you know, well-designed. They have mm-hmm. logos. They have the shirt, and they're, like, they have the packaging, and it's all, yeah. like, dialed in. It's very professional-looking. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, because they usually have a very big farm too, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of resources like financially and with land and stuff, but when you process huge amounts of tea, it doesn't, it just doesn't, it's not as good because you don't have as much control over the parameters, you know, when you have mm-hmm. a huge volumes of tea that you're trying to produce in like a short period of time, you're trying to oxidize it to like the same level and stuff. Yeah, you run into that problem I think in lots of, um, not just food, but in like other beverage like situations where you have like in beer you have you have to try and keep everything at the same level so you buy like a ton of barley or you know you blend in in sort of more commercial teas you have to keep blending different kinds of flavors together to get a consistent brew so your mm-hmm. <clears throat> your pg tips always tastes the same yeah and anytime and that and that's because you get attached to a brand because you've decided to not just sell somebody tea or whatever you decided to sell somebody your logo. Mm. Yeah, right. So if you're not consistent, then it's like, well, what, what's the point of the identity? Right. And tea is hard to be, or, or if not impossible, to be consistent. I mean, a good tea master, because you never know what the weather's going to be like when you harvest the tea. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, based on the conditions that season, you know, like, Last year we had a drought, and it uh, one thing that happened with a lot of the tea leaves this year was because of the drought they didn't have a lot of water, so the leaves were really um, like the sprouts were very small. They didn't like flourish into like you know like the two leaves and then the sprout that's they usually pick. Mm-hmm. A lot of them the sprout was just really small. It didn't like push out and grow into like a big full fledged sprout. It was just like these little sprouts at the tip, and those are really thin and tender and they're also bitter so some some of the tea suffered from that especially like mm-hmm. the greener teas that aren't roasted or oxidized they will they easily become bitter so you can see when you steep those teas that like the the leaves aren't thick like high mountain tea leaves yeah. are usually a bit thicker and kind of tough not tough but just they have some yeah tenacity they're, to them i know what you mean yeah and these were just like super easy to break and super small and bitter Mm-hmm. But it's still fragrant as well, but they were more bitter. So when I think of Taiwanese tea, I think of uh, black tea, I think of Hongchan, I think of oolong. 
Hmm. Is there um, a green tea market that I'm not <laughs> that I'm not, I'm not aware uh, of, or actually, white they, tea? You know, is that is that growing in popularity um, over there? Yeah, there's all kinds of strange teas popping up. Like you see white teas sometimes, but they have a few green teas. I mean, Dongguangberry is considered white tea, right? No, it's not. Tea. It's not really. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like, um, you know, Baozhong tea is kind of green. Mm-hmm. It's still, it's really lightly oxidized. It's not like a true green tea, maybe. Yeah. But um, like they have a tea called Bilo Chun that's also in China. Oh, yeah. And that's a green tea. Siji Chun as well. Yeah. They make green tea, but it's not like, it's not that great, I think. Like Longjing is probably like the nicest, one of the nicest green teas, you know, from China. Yeah. They make some longjing in Taiwan, but it's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's their strength, is green tea. Do people normally uh, put Kai Mountain tea into oolong tea category? I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's, I don't think I've ever seen... I think I've seen longjing advertised as being from Shifeng Mountain. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. From, I, that's the only time I think of, like, mountain... Oh, um, and sometimes with poor... Sometimes, though, if you're getting a really detailed re- retailer, they'll tell you where in Shishuangbana it came from, whatever yeah. mm-hmm. county. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, a lot of high mountain tea has that kind of green, kind of grassy mm-hmm. like, aftertaste. And uh, it d- just depends on how fermented it is, you know. Like, Jinxuan, it's actually considered quite... I mean, on the, on the scale, you know, of green to fermented jinxuan, which is, I think people call it milk oolong here. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's actually considered really low oxidized, and it kind of goes towards the greener. Section. And high mountain teas are the high same. High mountain is the same like, as well. Th- that's the thing is, um, like, in Taiwan, since the 80s, the most popular tea, which everyone wants to make, and even, like, regions like Dongding, that used to produce uh, roasted like medium oxidized tea, now they just make this really green tea. It's still rolled in the balls, and it's still, I guess Taiwanese tea, they usually classify it as oolong tea, but a lot of it is still very green, like it's very lightly oxidized. But it's, I guess people just, it's not really considered green tea, but it's actually like pretty green. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's very green. It's very and, green. And uh, yeah, it has the qualities of green tea, really. I recently had a wuxie, um I'm sure I'm butchering that. I'm just I just started Mandarin pronunciation like Wednesday. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, I you know I just had some wuxie um, oolong that was very grassy. It's kind of like you said. Oh. And I, I immediately was like, huh. Is it from Taiwan? Yeah, from Taiwan. W u s h e. I yeah. I think I just I would show it to you, but I just ran out of it. Okay. What's it called? Wuxie. 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 S h e. Me neither. Taiwan Sourcing sells it. I okay. got it in like a Taiwan Sourcing. I was doing a big review of their There's samples. so many like little areas. And there's always like a special tea somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. It's probably, that's probably a new kind of a new breed or not even new breed, just like different farmers. They sometimes like to kind of like bring their tea in a certain way. They call it differently. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of stirring away from the traditional route of their mean tea. 
Like okay. we we met a tea farmer. He's really young. He like inherited his father's tea business. He's been doing it for a couple of years, and the the tea that he made had this like caramel kind of taste to it, and he called Let's it caramelized oolong. And it was pretty good, yeah. you know. So like, if you tell people caramel, you're like, "What? What's that?" But that's kind of his own. So how did you get into pottery? Did you take lessons? You must have learned, took lessons. Yeah, cause like, well, like in the states, I was used to, you know, working around in my, my dad's garage. You can check this tea. Oops, it's a roasted, like a medium roasted oolong. Hmm. I always did stuff with my hands and did like some woodworking and stuff. And then after being in Taiwan, I really missed having something to do like that. So I, and I was really into tea. So I thought, I saw a place right by my house had a studio where they were doing pottery. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I tried it and I loved it. And then I just, and I wanted to just to make a teapot the whole time. So I kept working really hard because it's not easy to make a teapot. Mm-hmm. Here, smell this one. It's different. Wow, I really like that one. Though. Really? Yeah, that's great. This is the one they call. It? Yeah, sorry. Ooh. It's a <laughs> caramel oolong. So this is it. Yeah, yeah this, this is the one she was just talking about. Wow. Since she brought it up, I thought I'd better make it. <laughs> that's great. Do you sell that? Yeah, I sell all these. Okay, good. <laughs> there might be a few I have that I are not online. Because we were talking about um, number. Number 18. 18. Yeah, yeah. I'll, number 18. I've got number that too. 18. Yeah. Yeah, smell it. Do you guys sell number 18 in your t shirt? Oh, no way. No, oh, you just. This will yeah, be a this crowd one. pleaser, I think. Wow. That is that interesting? extremely fragrant. All right. I guess, do you think, uh, what, what do you think is going to sort of be the next couple of years of the tea industry in Taiwan? Because from your perspective as a, as a retailer to the West, mm. like, do you see, like, Western palettes changing, or do you see, like, new... Because we, mm. we're talking about this number 18, this new stuff coming yeah. out of Taiwan. Do you think there's... Do you have any predictions for the next couple of years? Well... Which, I, which you'd like to see happen, maybe? Hmm. I mean, I'm in an interesting situation, because, like, this is the first time I've kind of come back and, like, tried to seek out people who are interested in tea. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, like, have no idea. I, I do because I go on blogs and I look online and stuff, but I don't know. Like, I'm not that familiar with, like, what tea drinkers... Mm-hmm. The, the thing, the gap that I don't know, I don't know which tea they're drinking because I don't buy tea from, like, White Two Tea or Yunnan Sourcing or Taiwan Sourcing because mm-hmm. because I'm there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I would feel weird. I The only mm-hmm. one I know is my friend runs... Uh, the company Taiwan Tea Crafts. Okay. My friend Philip and some, I've had some of his teas. So he's like the only one I know, who like Westerners buy their tea from. Like what the tea is even like at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, don't know what people are really the quality of the tea they're getting. But I know I have an idea what they're drinking. Mm-hmm. But I think in Taiwan right now they're doing a lot more. They're trying a lot more new things, you know, like um, other black teas that are actually like rolled into balls, like oolong tea, but they're black tea. Interesting. Stuff like that. Wouldn't it be too brittle? No, it's, no, 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 not at all. Because, um, like, you mean because the oxidation would have made it like brittle or something? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. 
So I have some. Um, black tea that's rolled. This one? What is it? It's um it's from the Yushan the grower and Yushan mm -hmm. his uh, black tea that he rolls it. Oh. I think it's this one. Yeah, you can check it out. Whoa. It's really interesting. Mm. And the taste is really interesting too. <laughs> yeah. Would you say that people like the idea of like have that kind of how could I put it? Like to have that more kind of intimate relationship with their buyers or even like I, I found it's interesting mm -hmm. from because you know I kind of I'm like right by him when he's doing this business mm -hmm. and so I and also I grew up in Taiwan I know how people drink tea and mm -hmm. the tea culture is very rooted in our society and then like even when live in like the center of Taipei I just walk a few blocks and you will see traditional tea shops you know it's like mm -hmm. so rooted in our culture and I feel like there is a trend in the, in the Western society, people start to appreciate, instead of just like iced tea or, you know, this kind of flavor tea, people start to grow interest in more traditional tea. Mm -hmm. But there's still, um, I think there's still, it's, it's like a transition, you know, like when we went to, what's it called? Poloma? Poloma. Yeah. Point and I, we were talking to this lady who's been running his, her tea business for a long time. And I asked her, what's the most fav like, favorite tea of people? She said mostly like blends, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. And then so we were looking at her selections of different oolong tea, which is like loose teas. And uh, she showed us this milk oolong. Yeah. And then she said, oh, this is totally popular. People just love it, you know. And we have a swift like, ooh, this is actually artificially flavored. It's just like the Instead one that you guys oh, had. The, oh, really? For, we call it Formosa Silk. Yeah, that one. Yeah. It's a, It was actually the same flavoring, which is uh, like really commonly use them, but it's funny, I've never seen that in Taiwan, but uh, in the States, I've, I've run into it. Yeah. From my experience in, like, I've worked, like I said, I've worked in two tea shops, and yeah, what you're saying is point on. Mm. Um, there is a growing, but still very niche interest in traditional yeah. uh, tea, but there's yeah. a lot of, I think it has to do with maybe a little bit the climate you're in. A lot of people want something that's going to be in the in in America. I think drinks are supposed to be refreshing yeah. in, in 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 sort of this very cool sense of the word. I know what you mm -hmm. mean. Yeah, uh, this is more like introspective, mm -hmm. like, you know. And everything is geared towards portability and yeah. convenience. Yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah. fact, I I've read that the most at least in the West, the growing, the fastest growing segment of the tea market is uh, ready to drink bottled tea. I'm sure. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Taiwan is like that. We have so many of those like port that tea shops where you can just order tea and then mm -hmm. head it to go. Okay. Know? It's yeah. very very popular. But that said, you know, tea culture is rooted, so people still appreciate like the nice sitting down, you know, having tea. Mm -hmm. You know, chatting with your friends, that kind of thing. Still, it's still 
kind of part of our culture, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know there's a group of people in um, the Bay Area, San Francisco, uh, Berkeley area, where uh, they're trying to set up, his name's Nikki, and he's trying to set up a shared tea space oh. that they're going to stock tea. It's not going to be a formal business. I'm not quite sure how it's going to work, mm. uh, but they want to have, like, it's, you, you, sh you pay a membership. Oh. And you come in, and you can just they'll they'll stock oh. tea, and you can just have tea as long as you're there. Yeah, kind of like a library almost. Oh, sounds. And cool. he's trying to get that off the ground because he and a couple other people just meet every two weeks, once a month, yeah. and they all have these tea get-togethers yeah. of four or five people. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Pretty consistently, they go outside or they meet in somebody's home. I, I, yeah. I met with I met with three or four of them. Um, mm. I met them through the internet, and then I met them in person, and it was mm. great. Because for me, tea has been, unfortunately, a solitary activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. because of where I've lived and my interests, and you know, yeah, none, yeah. none of my friends care. My wife doesn't even really, really? <laughs> care that much. I mean, she has her own tastes. And yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's supposed to be a social activity. Exactly, know? yeah. And that's, and that's, and it's, that, and this guy is, is aware that he wants to build a social space for, oh, for tea. So I, cool. I want, I would love to see that built yeah. elsewhere and yeah. opened up. Yeah. <clears throat> you can do everything, almost everything off the internet now. You yeah. want to start any groups that you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have a feeling a lot of tea drinkers are kind of solo, drink solo a lot. I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Funny enough. You just need to like, Get them up together, round them up together. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I like the first two steepies. I don't know if it was the water, but um, the first two steepies were The really last good. one's a little bit bitter. Yeah. But the, the first, bitter. yeah. Not bitter, just doesn't have that much. The sweetness is kind of gone. Yeah. Mm, the first yeah. one and the second one was really good. You can really taste that. I tell you though, if you if you if you had a, a something called a caramel oolong in our shop, I think it would sell. Yeah, just because the, the name, name, right? <laughs> just the name. Just the name. You know, my friend, um, he he has this company. Maybe you've heard him called Tap Twice Tea. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've never anyway, heard of it. But okay. Anyway, they're in uh, San Francisco, and he, they uh, did he name it himself? They get this tea. It's similar to this. It's like a black tea that's uh, rolled. It's like a very oxidized tea that's rolled. And he started calling it brandy oolong. And it's like kind of became this thing, like people are selling brandy oolong, but it's not. And Taiwan, it doesn't even exist. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing it because I'm on Instagram. And I started seeing brandy oolong everywhere. And I'm like, what's brandy oolong? And I started asking people at the tea expo, I'm like, what's brandy oolong? And they're like, never heard of it. And I'm like, well, it's like a black tea. I found a person who's kind of like, oh yeah, it's probably something like this. It's like a black tea that's just like um, rolled like an oolong. But it's so funny. It's like someone in America just named the tea something. And suddenly it's this like new tea variety. <laughs> yeah, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that tea culture in the West and in America is still growing. 
Mm. Yeah. It's still growing, and we're st- we don't have names for things, and we don't have our own versions of things. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, America sees itself as special and has to be different. It has to be. Yeah. Has to be different. It has <laughs> yeah. to be different. Everything has to be. Has to be, our, has to be different in, in our own way. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can see that reflected in a story like that, where. Yeah. So was it easy when you were starting out? I mean, at what point were you like, man, I think I should sell tea? Well, you know what? I'd been, I'd been, I got into it like shortly after I got to Taiwan because she introduced me to some good teas and I was like, oh, I like this. And we started drinking tea at home, like regularly. Mm-hmm. And then I started like looking online at blogs, just trying to get my hands around what this whole tea thing is and all the different kind of teas and everything. And, uh... From there, I just, as my Chinese improved too, I started just going out and trying different tea, trying all the shops around my mm-hmm. neighborhood or that were on my way to work. And uh, okay. and when we'd travel too, I'd, if we were in a tea area, I'd go, mm-hmm. we'd just ride our scooter up to the tea area and go check it out. And then I, I just started thinking like, wow, I have such a good opportunity here because I'm in Taiwan mm-hmm. and people are doing business like the tea master guy, uh, the Fran- Frenchman. Uh-huh. And um, I was like, maybe, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking about doing this. And I just kept just building my experiences with tea and became very familiar with, like, Taiwan's tea varieties and tea-growing regions and stuff and just uh-huh. started getting, knowing a lot about it. And I think it was, uh, like, a couple years ago, I sold my first some of the first teapots I made, people were interested in buying it. And I was like, whoa, people actually want to buy my stuff. <laughs> and I thought, this is cool. I would love to like, because I've been teaching English, which I I love, but also like have grown tired of. Okay. I love the kids, but I don't, I'm not like a teacher kind of person. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking, wow, if I can sell teapots, this would be really cool. And so I started continuing making teaware and continued selling it. And I always wanted to sell tea as well. And just started meeting, making it a point to like meet people, go to their farm, go to farms, buy tea. And then it was my little brother's suggestion about like using Instagram, which really helped me. Mm. I just started putting pictures on Instagram and people instantly started asking me like about if I sell tea. Wow. And I was like, yeah, I can get it. <laughs> and I started making a few connections, selling a bit of tea that way. And then I thought I wanted to make a website and just see how it goes. And it went pretty well, so I just keep going. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you, is it easy to get a hold of tea in time? I mean, I, I understand yeah. you can buy tea, but like, so do you, did you just hike one day and be like, hello, I'd like to buy some tea? Was he, uh, like is it when, that simple? Uh, when we first started um, like living together, it happened that like an hour's drive through the mountains was Pingling, which is where they grow Baozhong tea, uh-huh. and they grow some Oriental beauty there. And uh, we would we just went there, and it's like a small town, and it's just rows of tea vendors that all live there and have farms there in the mountains. And we just found this little mm-hmm. old lady. She was so cute and so nice, and just been a farmer for like the last fifty years. Wow. So. Yeah. And we would just drink tea with her and chat, and then buy tea and that was our first kind of like source for <laughs> buying tea <laughs> and then we just I I personally with well with her help sometimes too when we go somewhere we just 
explore the area and meet people or sometimes we know someone who's got an uncle who lives in this part of town and if we're around that area we just go and check them out check out the farm so I think before you started your business you already had like established some kind of connection I already people because stuff. we traveled around yeah. when we can yeah. and then because we love tea so we naturally just like kind of seek out good teas and then we make connection with people because because the thing in Taiwan is that it's all about guanxi or connection that if okay. you're not friends with them they don't usually give you the best tea mm -hmm. and then just happened that he's very like personable and the Taiwanese just love him you know because mm -hmm. they never seem like foreigners coming and speak Chinese and so yeah. nice it makes a big difference know? if you it speak makes a Chinese difference. people like they feel yeah. like really what's the word Warm, like honored feel, that someone yeah. learned their language you know a foreigner yeah. like a white yeah. person They'll be like, by the way, I have this like 80 years old tea. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then when they, see, that's the thing too, is when they know that you know a lot about tea too, like, like, um, cause they assume as a foreigner, you don't know anything about tea. Mm -hmm. And I get that assumption every time I meet someone new and it's only through like talking to them over time that they're like, Oh, you know something about tea. And then, then they're like, because every farmer has like tea that's a little bit better or they have specialty or they have some aged tea that they've been kind of mm -hmm. sitting on for a long time and it's when they know that you appre can appreciate those good kind of tea they'll start like pulling something out mm. and then they share it with you and then you get like these really interesting teas unfortunately like for me as like someone trying to do a tea business that tea is so expensive like I don't think anyone would ever buy it but Sometimes I have a little bit and I'll share it with people. I'd buy it. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess within reason. See, that's the question, right? Within, yeah. You know, within reason, what's the Western, like, stomach for it starts to get, ceiling? Yeah, for... I mean, it starts to get, like, 30 to $40 for, like, two ounces. Jeez. Is that yeah. a lot? That's a lot, right? For I mean... For, I don't think most Oh, no, for two it. ounces? I mean, no, that's... People will buy that. Or, yeah... So. For I mean, if it's good, and you, yeah, and you have a buyer that knows it's good, good if you tea. like it, because sometimes it's like a different <clears> tea. <throat> like I, this year, I got this organic gaba. What was it? Organic it's gaba. Monks. Not that one. It's just like organic gaba oolong, but it's got something else. Oh, it's an organic oriental beauty gaba tea. Oh wow! So it's like all it's kind of like a weird blend of these teas. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've only had gaba tea once, and I liked it. Yeah, it was interesting. It was good. different. Yeah. yeah. I thought you meant those the teas that we got from the monks. No, a different one. Oh, okay. we also know like a group of um, monks. They're also farmers themselves. Oh wow! They only grow organic teas, and mm -hmm. their teas is so extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They even like recite mantras when they. No. Every, time, they, yeah, every time they pick the leaves and stuff. See, that's the kind of thing that would perk up a west, like a western yeah, tea. Yeah, I think so. If you can tell, if like, I, I, I would sometimes not realizing that sort of tell stories that are probably not true. And I worked at Tivana because I didn't know any better. And yeah. like, yinzhen, like Chinese yinzhen white tea. I was like, mm -hmm. well, back in the Song Dynasty, virgins had to pick this <laughs> white gloves and. I swear I read that somewhere, but I tell you, it's almost certainly not true. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm but sure now that I know a little bit better, I'm like, yeah, that story's probably not true. People but. still still tell People stories like that in yeah. Taiwan. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if you think you're a, if, like a tea farmer, 
it's not like your most tea farmers are rich, uh-huh. but they will tell you a lot of stories and a lot of things to try to make you think that that tea is really worth paying yeah. the money for. 